you want to get in on the action, we want to hear from you. Email us at faderoutemail at gmail.com with your questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. We're on Instagram too. Slide in our DMs at Fade Route Podcast. Get at us. Welcome to the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of The Fade Route with DNZ. I am Z, and usually Saturday night is the night for fighting, but if you're following the New York Rangers, it is tonight as it has turned into a brawl at the Garden against the Washington Capitals, but this is a result of the Tom Wilson non suspension that we're going to talk about later on the show we have a great show planned for you but we have a lot of breaking news so we're going to dive right in the new york rangers have fired both team president john davidson and gm jeff gorton and decided that chris drury who was the assistant gm is qualified for both jobs. So he is taking over as both president and GM, effective immediately, evaluating the talent on this team and hopefully evaluating Coach Quinn as well for the remainder of the season. And so far, I don't know if he likes what he sees considering the fact that within one second of the puck dropping for the opening faceoff, it looked like something out of a beer league. And... Let's talk about baseball, too, because there were some major moves made by the New York Mets as they have fired both hitting coach Chili Davis and assistant hitting coach. Why you need assistant hitting coach? Don't and I don't know. But Tom Slater is also gone, replaced with minor league director Kevin Howard and a guy who most recently has been coaching youth sports this is his first real job dealing with players that are not children so you figure this has to be rooted in the francisco lindor struggle i'm not saying he decided that uh, these guys had to go i'm not calling him a jason kid coach killer but definitely something where his inaction his lack of production certainly brought things on. The team is claiming that uh, Chile didn't really align with the analytical process and the information sharing that is normal among Major League Baseball teams now. And I got to say, at some point, hitters got to hit. That, that's the main thing. Like you have all, you can have all the information you want. That's what scouting reports are for. That's what tendencies are for. But at some point, you do need to hit. Hugh Quattlebaum and Kevin Howard are probably going to give them more information. And who is to say that's going to help a guy hitting 163 with one homer 
and 14 hits and 86 at bats. His on base percentage is 284. Who's to say that Quattlebaum and Howard is the answer? But it's worth a shot. D is once again out on assignment. Uh, he is currently negotiating the peace treaty between Brian Gutkunst and Aaron Rodgers. So filling in once again is our friend Chi-Town Mike. He's geeked up on Sangria tonight. It is, a, it is Cinco de Mayo after all. What's up, Mike? How's it going, man? Cinco de Drinko is in effect. And you are talking Rangers and Mets. And I'm about to punch a hole in the wall. Well, just make sure you don't hit a stud. But which one do you want to touch first? Do you want to go over the bloodletting in uh, Madison Square Garden? Do you want to talk about the bloodletting in Queens? Let's go Madison Square Garden. All right. So we have to say that this has been a disappointing season for the New York Rangers. You had significant playoff hopes after what happened last year. They were ahead of the curve after that quick rebuild. And you got to think David Quinn is also on the chopping block at the end of the season. Yeah, it's Quinn's time to go. He is a great college coach. He gets a lot out of the younger players, but the veterans, they do their thing. They're, they're goal scorers. They're machines. Kreider's fast as hell. And Busnevich, he loves to score. And Panarin's a, a, a freaking beast. Those guys will continue to do their thing with or without Quinn. So Quinn needs to realize, okay, if I don't have to coach up the vets, who do I have to coach up? Well, you got to coach up the second line, the third line, the goaltending. Can you possibly fucking fix the goaltending? One guy's kneecaps coming out of his fucking leg. Come on. Who are these goalies? Well, they need to do something after Henrik Lundqvist left via free agency. They bought him out of his contract, so they needed to do some things. Shesterkin is a highly regarded prospect. Georgiev, I mean, Georgiev was decent as a backup. I don't know what he is long-term as a starter, but the combination of the two should have played better, especially since they still have Benoit Allaire. Benoit Allaire is the key to the success of the Ranger goaltending since the lockout. He is the linchpin. He is the guy that's always been there whether it was Kevin Weeks or Mike Dunham or Henrik Lundqvist or Stephen Valaket or Cam Talbot or Auntie Ranta or that one game with Marty Buran, Benoit Lair has been there. So for these kids to not play up to par, it's definitely something that uh, the Ranger fan needs to be worried about. Yeah, but like, let's talk about management. So I guess James Dolan just found out today that he owns the hockey team again. (laughs) And usually he fucks around with the Knicks and he makes things worse and he shits on them and stirs the pot. But today, today he decides I'm going to get involved with the Rangers because why not? I have nothing going on. I'm a dick. Let me, let me play around. Fires Jeff Gordon, who has done nothing but help the Rangers whether it's contracts, whether it's bringing in free agents, which is a part of hockey that they forgot about, is you got to find people too. You can't always draft everybody, and you got to go out and sign people. And the, the players have to sign the contract themselves. They don't have to sign. There's plenty of teams offering money. So now the Rangers are in a big hole, and they just put in Chris Drury as both GM and president. 
what is this, 1960? Is he going to play too? <laughs> What's left? They could use another centerman. So. Right. <laughs> I mean, he wins. He has a gold medal and he has a Stanley Cup. The dude is a winner. But can he, can he run a team? I mean, this is – look at Garth Snow. Everyone was laughing at him, but somehow, somehow now it's kind of going. I don't know why, but it is. Well, because they got rid of Garth Snow and they brought in Lou Lamarillo. So yes. maybe this guy, maybe Drury knows what he's doing. He was an assistant under Gorton who learned everything he knew under Glenn, Glenn Sather. So it is quite possible that it could be a continuation on from where Gorton has left off. And this was just a knee-jerk reaction by Dolan. And that's not surprising because Dolan majors in knee-jerk reactions. So it remains to be seen where it goes. I personally think that because there are so many young players on this roster and they responded so well when the entire coaching staff was out with COVID that Chris Knobloch deserves to at least get an interview here. He's the AHL coach of the Hartford Wolfpack. And um, he brought out the best in these players, although it was a rather short sample size. He definitely was at the helm. They can say all they want that uh, Quinny was sending in the game plan, but at the end of the day, he had to make the in-game adjustments. And I think Chris Knobloch deserves at least an interview, never mind a shot. You are sleeping on the star of the Rangers coaching staff, which is here comes the boom. The Jeff Jeff Bukaboom. Really? Who, if could probably kill Tom Wilson anytime he wants at any moment and just snap back into a rabies fit and go onto the ice and murder him, but has chose not to do that rather than what he would normally do as a player, which is straight up kill people. But, you know, I mean, he's, he's maturing in his older age. He doesn't have to do it anymore. So definitely, you know, good for Book. He wants to keep his job as a coach and that's definitely a one-way ticket to a pink slip if he ever if he ever jumped on the ice and tried to fight a player. It would be hilarious for the it would be great for the fans, but not so much if for his job security. But as far as the Mets go, is this just is the the next step for this Luis Rojas's head, or are they gonna give this another co-hitting coach approach? Are they gonna give it a real chance? I think Rojas has to be looking over his back. You got Steve Cohen, who doesn't take shit from anybody and has the resources to just do what he wants to do at any moment, like an episode of Billions. And um, yeah, the the hitting coach was a knee jerk reaction. I understand. You got Pete Alonso crying over it. I don't know why, but he is. And maybe maybe change is the the most important thing for the Mets right now. Switch it up a little bit. Get it. Get a different vibe going. Get things changed, and maybe it's it's early in the season, so anything can happen. But it seems ridiculous already. It's not looking great. Well, and then you also had the Diesel Donnie Stevenson thing over the weekend. Like, what the fuck was that? It's just they're giving credit to some dude who doesn't exist. Your your new approach coach. So, are these guys that just got hired? Are they Diesel Donnie? <laughs> like was it a coup just to get rid of Chili and Slater? Like I, I don't, 
I don't get it. I, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, granted, they're playing along with it. You know, they're they're having fun at the expense of, of other people and the media. They're rolling along with it. But two dudes just got fired because you guys decided to do this. And just like, what the hell is going on with this Diesel Donnie, Donnie Stevenson thing that Pete Alonzo apparently just appeared to make up out of thin air in a press conference? Is this the work of Sandy Alderson? Is he still fucking around and mucking things up for the Mets? I mean, it remains to be seen, but this new GM, Zach Scott, was a part of the Red Sox organization that previously fired Chili Davis. So this is definitely, this has his fingerprints on it. Now, whether it was a sanctioned hit from Sandy Alderson, because I believe Chili was a Brody guy. Correct. We got to see. We got to see how that one smells. It all smells. It's time for the fade-in where we give a nod to the trending sports stories of the week. You know what else smells? This rift between the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers that culminated in his draft day declaration that he no longer wants to play for the team and he wants out or he's going to retire. Brian Gutkunst is threatening to call his bluff. He's not really engaging teams in this conversation. Teams are calling. They are certainly calling. They're offering players. They're offering picks. They're offering combinations. Terry Bradshaw has had to come out and talk about this on WFAN with Moose and Maggie, talking about how, you know, goodbye Aaron Rodgers. Just you're a week if this is really bothering you. With all this drama, is it is it something that Green Bay and Rodgers can put put behind them? And if not, where does he end up? So Rodgers is a world class grudger and a sarcastic son of a bitch. So he's gonna find fuel and he's gonna find problems anywhere he goes with anybody that isn't telling him the narrative he wants to hear. But I I still think this is an entire waste of time for everybody, and he's not going anywhere. He's either going to start or retire. I don't see him getting traded, but I will gladly talk hypotheticals because it's so fun. We're in the hot stove, so let's make it happen. All right. Here's the likely scenarios I see playing out. If Rodgers were to be traded, I see the Washington Football Club or the Raiders being the front runners. Interesting. And what are the packages? Like, what do you see? What's it going to take to get him out of Green Bay? Full ownership of the team from Dan Snyder for the football <laughs> club. Well, he just bought majority controlling interest back so i don't know if that's gonna work because he wants to rename the team redskins we know rogers is working quietly with jeff bezos to buy out dan snyder with lebron and uh a rod so he's got that covered oh man and what about the raiders like what are they gonna have to what are they gonna have to pony up it's vegas just just come just come over and, and have fun like live out your rest of your few years in the league and 
have a blast enjoy the enjoy the like promotions and anything you can get on the side that's outside of the contract and you get to play for Gruden which is equally entertaining cuz he loves every QB that isn't his that's true that is very true and you know we can finally run spider 2 y banana and we actually can see it in action and then the extreme unlikely scenarios of where Rodgers goes i have carolina and the new york giants as maybes hmm carolina Carolina with Dave Tepper, who's Cohen level crazy, where they just do what they want. They make crazy moves, um, and they'll figure it out later with analytics. And then the Giants have draft capital next year because of the the trade that they did with the Bears. And they also could use a QB because David Jones, he's not looking good. Or Daniel Jones, he's not looking great. Giants fans don't have faith in him. If Rodgers came in, he would have – tools and weapons already it's an interesting setup and extremely unlikely well it depends on what Gettleman feels about this team if he feels it's ready to win now he might pull the trigger on something like that but I don't think I think he would give it one more year before he would do something like that just to give to give Jones the fullest compliment with with all the weapons and a healthy St. Juan Barkley and all the excuses in the world uh, like you, I don't think he's going anywhere. And if he is going anywhere, he's going to go to the back lot in Burbank to do Jeopardy. I think he would. He seems like the kind of guy, like Carson Palmer, who would dig his heels in and take his ball and go home. I mean, granted, they'll call in his contract and they'll try and get try and get their money back. But if he already has a deal to be the host of Jeopardy, I can see where that would end up being a wash. I mean, Gukunst doesn't look good here. Rogers doesn't look good here. You have Devontae Adams coming out saying, you know, appreciate what you got while you got it. And, you know, it's just, it's not a great look. And to do it on draft day is the ultimate in pettiness, the same way that they didn't, you know, they did the Jordan Love deal on draft day. You're rubbing your nose in it the same way you feel they rub their nose in it. But guess what? Aaron, you are 37 years old. You're not 27. 37 ain't 27, bro, as Shaq would say. You are at the tail end of your career. You're Brett Favre. Jordan Love is you at the beginning of your career. The parallels run... They run so similar. The one thing that would keep him in beloved territory is if he doesn't end up with the Vikings like Brett Favre did. That's, I think that's the one thing that would make him the more likable of the two. Yeah. I mean, there's a big difference. Favre, Favre was beloved by everyone in green Bay and Wisconsin. Rogers is beloved, but for different reasons, Favre was, he fit in, he drank beers, he went out, he had fun. He made people feel like they were friends with him. And Aaron Rodgers will make you feel like a piece of shit because he'll talk down to you. He may not he may not engage you at all. He is not that kind of person. He's quasi-intellectual and quasi-introverted. like introverted. So 
He's an excellent football player. He has more talent and more skills than Favre did and better judgment on the football field. Mm. But we're talking personality and beloved by the people, and it goes to Favre. And, yes, he's just acting like a petulant baby right now. No, totally. And if I'm Brian Gutkunst and I have these in these offers in front of me, whether it's Derek Carr and multiple picks or Drew Locke and multiple picks, I'm making the deal. It benefits me at the end of the day to be rid of the headache. And, and you're getting a younger quarterback. Granted, Derek Carr has a fucked up back. He's had a fucked up back for years. So there is... get, you are getting damaged goods if you accept the Vegas Raiders deal. Whereas Drew Locke, you're just getting a mediocre quarterback. Plus, I don't picks. think I don't think we're done here. I think there's a salary cap um, timing that comes in in June, I believe, where if they dump Rodgers after June, they, the cap hit hit is less. So this is gonna this may drag on. This may continue to drag on unless Green Bay gets a good a good trade package because I think there's a 19 million dollar savings if they cut him after June or something like that. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be an ongoing game of chicken. So we just have to you know, sit back and, and watch the show. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914 315 1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. But speaking of a game of chicken, we had the NFL draft. Last week, granted, my mock was a little based in what they should do rather than best talent available. I believe in drafting for need rather than best player available. But credit to you, Mike, you went eight out of uh, went four out of five, so you picked eighty percent on that pick. So that means you can be a GM in the NFL. How's it? How you feel about that? Uh, lucky, lucky, which is the quality <laughs> of an NFL GM. Now, the one, you, the one that you didn't get and the one that everybody didn't get was the San Francisco 49ers taking North Dakota State quarterback Trey Lance at three. I knew they weren't taking Jones because I had him off the board. I knew they were, he wasn't taking, weren't taking Wilson, but nobody had Trey Lance at three. Now, this, coupled with the Aaron Rodgers stuff, is this another smokescreen? No. This was well well played by Kyle Shanahan. Great smokescreen. Excellent job of not leaking, letting information leak out. I heard he didn't tell anybody but I think the GM, and John Lynch, and somebody else. There was very few people that were in the inner circle. And uh, his best friend, so Kyle Shanahan's best friends with Chris Sims, who we all know is a big reporter, a big he drops a lot of stuff for the NFL, and they have leg tattoos, I think calf tattoos with each other's names on it from Texas. Well, that's and a little he, weird. He literally didn't tell his best friend 
who the um, 49ers were taking. So Chris Sims is telling everybody it's going to be Mac Jones because he didn't even know himself. And that was that's the level of smokescreen. Your best friend is a reporter, and he's got misinformation. I mean, does Chris Sims need to get his tattoo removed now? <laughs> I would consider covering it up with a little uh i'd go on tattoo nightmares if i was chris sims just for the story of it and just like it's just weird like people don't do that normal people don't do that but if you're looking at trey lance's numbers it gives you concern man he's only played 19 games in college he's only thrown the ball 318 times i looked up a stat and this is going to be crazy you're going to find this nuts Mark Sanchez had 313 career completions in college. This guy only had 318 uh, attempts in college. So clearly they weren't letting him throw the ball all that much. So North Dakota State was definitely running more of an athletic-based offense. And I don't know how that's going to translate to the NFL. Like his talent may jump off the charts, but a, you're not seeing the best of competition and B you didn't get that many reps. Like he had one game this past season and like that would scare the crap out of me. If I'm Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, if the Packers came calling and that was the guy they wanted and like he was the, centerpiece of this trade with multiple picks to get me Aaron Rodgers. You know how I feel about this. We talked about this last week. I think they are the the 49ers will have a bounce back year. They're kind of ready to go. I would make that move if that was the case. And it's a major, you know, it, it was a major feather in their cap to make the Jets think that one they would consider taking Wilson to maybe force the Jets into taking Wilson. And then once Wilson was locked in at two, make everybody think that they were taking Mac Jones so that they would start planning their boards a little bit differently. It was a hell of a coup, but it's definitely something extremely risky that can definitely blow up in Kyle Shanahan's face and cost both him and John Lynch their jobs. Yeah, but let's not forget the the NFL is changing. QBs are on the shortest leashes ever, including rookies who have contract, low contract deals right now. The NFL is moving closer and closer to QBs getting two to three years to prove themselves, and they're gone. We're talking about Josh Rosen as an example. We're talking about other teams that have moved on from their QBs early. Maybe San Francisco doesn't give a crap about who their QB is because they already have Jimmy. And they're already looking. They can they can pull somebody out like a Sam Howell next year, somebody like that. They're not, I don't think that QBs should be uh, seen as the the whole entire package anymore. They're they're more they're becoming more of a transitional player. I just don't see it. You have to anchor your offense around so much of it. It's so dependent upon the quarterback position. I don't see how you can treat it as a transitional kind of position. It's one of those things that, I mean, you can rotate out skill position players and you can still be successful. We've seen teams do that because they have the anchor of two positions, the offensive line and the quarterback. 
the quarterback is definitely the straw that stirs the drink. If we can do a little, if we can uh, have a little Reggie Jackson call back there. So I don't know. I, they may have a quick hook on him. They, they might very well be. That's they, what I'm referring to transitionally. Not, not if, a, if the player performs and really performs well, there's nothing to worry about. If they give you two to three years of crap, they're gone. That's, but that's also not... the thing, you know, that's also difficult too, because what if he goes to another team like Mitchell Trubisky this year, stunk for the Bears. God forbid something happens to Josh Allen and he's got to play for the Bills. And he actually shows that he is a capable quarterback. Like the Bears are going to have major egg on their face because they had the coach, they had the talent, and they still couldn't develop him. So I, you, there's, you have to give a little bit of leash. You have to give a little bit of leeway just so that they get their feet on them and learn a system. You can't, like Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold had how many offensive coordinators? What, three, four? How many systems? I mean, three. Yeah, there's no consistency there. So how are you supposed to get your feet under you when you don't even know what the, the terminology is this week? So it's one of the things you need stability in order to prove how good you are. And one organization that has been remarkably, sim, uh, you know, remarkably stable in the past 20 years has been the New England Patriots. They've stuck to their guns. And one of those principles is never drafting up. They never trade up. Usually they trade back. They were at 15 this year and they got their guy without having to move. You also called that Mac Jones was going to fall, but he fell right into the Patriots lap. Is this something that the league as a whole will regret? Yes. And I did correctly call it Mac would fall and he did land at the Patriots, which was a possibility. And to my boy D we're going to throw a little Star Wars reference in here. He went to the dark side. Mac Jones is the most boring and stable QB from Alabama. Limited mobility, smart, has great arm strength. Welcome to the Patriots. You're going to do just fine. I agree. And not to mention the connection between Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. They you know, how many players has Bill Belichick drafted from Alabama to the point where, you know, they have this kind of rapport and they know what each other has, what each other needs. Saban and Belichick talk often. They attend coaching camps together, vice versa. They definitely have a bond there. And Matt Jones is the perfect Patriot player. Consistent 74.3 percent passing in college 6100 yards 56 touchdowns like the kid can throw there is no doubt in my mind that he can throw he's been running a pro style offense he definitely has that edge over some people he's going into a situation where yeah cam newton is there but they they aren't going to they're not going to stick with Cam Newton very long to go to your point about being a transitional position. It's more so because Cam Newton is shot and can't get the ball down the field anymore. So it's going to be, there is going to be a scenario when Mac Jones is going to play this year, whether it's due to injury 
or due to Belichick getting so frustrated with Cam's performance that Jones is going to go in there. I mean, I could see week six, week seven that he's in. I mean, Jared Stidham was Jared Stidham was in what week one, week two. So it's definitely within the realm of possibility that Jones is going to get his feet wet very soon, very early on in the year. Cam's probably going to get COVID again. Well, we hope not. Hopefully we'll all be past that. And if he does get COVID, it's going to be something that only sets him back for a week. And it doesn't sap him of his strength like last year where he was talking about how he had the brain fog and everything like that. Living by himself, too. Still don't understand that, that he kept his family away. I mean, interesting choices, I guess. I mean, I can understand where that comes from. If you come in contact with somebody, you don't want to give it to your family. So I can I can kind of understand where that comes from. From a health standpoint, that's the only reason that makes sense to me. But, hey, you know what? Like, what's done is done. Mac Jones is now going to learn under the, the wing of Cam Newton. Most importantly, under the wing of Josh McDaniels. I think this is going to be a good fit for them. And you can dust out some of the dust up some of those old Tom Brady plays again. Hopefully they didn't get rid of them because you kind of have a guy that's going to, you know, he's going to be able to replicate a lot of what Tom Brady did. So stressed though. I mean, how many times are we going to clone Tom Brady in one season? I mean, there's some point you're going to have some kind of clone war defect we had a clone we had a clone defect it was jimmy g but it's already been done like you already had somebody who is immobile and brittle that's jimmy g i think we established that the draft is over and done with we have the fallout who are your winners and losers from this year's draft all right winners chicago coming out looking good finally taking a qb 49ers I put in there. I thought that the way they executed the smoke screen and who they got, I, I believe in their QB. Um, Giants, for a number of reasons, and I, I can go into them if you'd like. But first of all, I want to give a little shout-out to the Eagles. I thought it was a great trade-off. They took the Giants player, and Gettleman found out this season that you actually can trade down and out of your spot which was a new, a new learning curve for Dave Gettleman. But he couldn't stop. That was the problem. <laughs> he was addicted. It was like Pringles. Uh, it was like once you, once you pop, you can't stop. And I put the Patriots as a winner. And then losers, Raiders. What on earth are they doing in the first round? Mike Mayock got way too excited. I don't know what he was doing. And the Bengals I put in the losers bracket. Because they jumped on a, a great receiver talent, but they didn't address their offensive line in the first round. And they caused a chain reaction of shit to happen after their pick that changed the landscape of the draft. The Giants pick, the landscape of the draft changed because everyone thought Bengals, offensive tackle, lock it in. They go receiver, and holy crap, panic excitement all happened right after the Bengals pick. Same with the Lions, too, but it was fascinating. Mass hysteria. That's what we like to call it. Yes. As, far as, as far as winners go, how can you not like what the Giants did? They addressed most, if not all, of their needs. Granted, they didn't get the player they wanted, but they got an extra first-round pick next year. 
So at the end of the day, would I rather have Devontae Smith? Sure. But I do like the versatility that Tony will bring to this offense. He's also a kick returner. So it's definitely, I mean, Grant, yeah, you drafted a kick returner in the first round. <laughs> but if this kid turns out to be the Swiss Army knife that they think he's going to be, that's a damn good weapon, man. And you, you touched on it, the Lions, Panay Sewell, a huge get for them. They need to keep Jared Goff upright and healthy, and this kid's going to do it. They also addressed a lot of needs on defense. They brought in four players on defense. They brought in two skill position players. We'll see what happens. But ultimately, it's going to ride or die on the Panay Sewell pick. As far as losers go, oh God, where do you begin? How about the Texans? Didn't have a first-round pick. Didn't have a second-round pick. Didn't have a fourth-round pick. <laughs> they had five picks total in this draft, and two of them were, were from trades. So they're not even their own pick. And they didn't really – they didn't get much at all. And granted, with the Deshaun Watson situation, they got Davis Mills from Stanford. You know, He's a project. He's going to be behind Terod Taylor. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what actually what he becomes, if he becomes anything at all. I'm last time I heard Davis, it was Davis Webb and I was not impressed by Davis Webb. The Bengals. Are are you freaking kidding me? Like how now is Burrow going to wreck his other leg this year? Because you didn't want to protect him. You didn't want, you thought that getting another weapon is going to benefit him more. Like I, I don't see the logic there. You had Sewell available to you. You had Slater available to you. You had the best of the best there at number five. And you decided to take his college teammate. There's a flaw in the logic there. You touched on the Raiders already. I'm not even going to, you know, I'm not going to continue beating a dead horse. So let's lump them in. And the Saints. I, I really don't like what the Saints did either. Uh, you got a defensive end. Okay. You sh- you got some defensive players, but what does your team need more than anything else right now? A quarterback. And Ian Book from Notre Dame? I don't know. Maybe he's something, maybe he's not. But at 28, you still have the opportunity to take somebody of note. And I don't know. I think that's going to end up biting them in the ass in the long run. Uh, don't sleep on Ian Book. This kid's a winner. I watched him a couple games, UNC, Notre Dame, and he willed them. When UNC was at their best, he willed them through, and he can run, he can throw. He is sneaky, and he makes sense for the Saints. I think you're underplaying his talents, and I think it is a good pick for them. We'll see what happens, but we also – I mean, knowing Sean Payton's love affair with Taysom Hill, he may not see the field for years, if at all. And then Seattle. Like, what is Seattle doing? Only having three picks. Three picks in the entire draft. Hey, <laughs> what the hell is going on in Seattle with John Schneider? Like, Don't know. He's, he's losing it. And as far, as far as that, to go back to what you were saying about the Eagles – 
conspiring with the Cowboys to keep Devontae Smith away from the Giants. Like, that's the one thing. I don't blame Dave Gettleman for not taking that phone call. If my division rival wants to do something with me, the back of the, the hair on the back of my neck is standing up. I'm kind of, I'm not really feeling that. So I, I don't blame him at all. So we'll see what it, what it becomes, but I like the first pick instead uh, the first round pick they got from the bears for the bears to move up and take Justin Fields. It was well played, well done. And the Eagles played it right. And I am giving them credit for what they did and who they got as a result. Definitely. And clearly the bears are not scared off of the Ohio state quarterbacks because fields fields apparently was their guy and they identified it. And if you're looking at his collegiate numbers, I mean, you're, you have optimism, but now it's time for Matt Nagy to put his coaching tree, you know, put his coaching pants on and get to work. You can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstar is located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events store openings or just because Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art creating decorative installations for your special occasions no event is too big or too small and their custom personalization service is top notch Westchester Popstars is a private studio quickly expanding in-person consultation is by appointment only send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment no need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester pop stars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. It's the in route where friends of the show get a special segment with us. Want to get in on the action? Want to be part of the in crowd? Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in our DMs at Fade Route Podcast on IG. All right, boys and girls, as you know, if you DM us at Fade Route Podcast or hit us up on Twitter, Fade Route DNZ, or email us at faderoutemail at gmail.com, you have the opportunity to be a part of the in crowd. That means you get a special segment with us as a friend of the show. This week's special guest, the newest member of the in crowd joining us for the in route is none other than Randolph from Brooklyn. Repeat emailer, your favorite actor's actor, favorite actor. What's going on, Rand? How you doing, brother? Hey, brother. How's everything, man? I'm chilling Hey, what's up, Randall? Hey, Mike, what's going on, man? How's life treating you guys? Can't complain. No Can't complaint. complain at all. No, I love it, man. I love it. And I'm still off my Super Bowl high, so it's great to get on here with you guys. Wait, long overdue. No, absolutely. Wait, very long overdue. Very long overdue. I mean, Super Bowl's been, what, two months now? So, <laughs> almost three months now. So, it's been a long time coming for sure. 
<laughs> so, hey, as soon as a football conversation comes up, feels like the Super Bowl just finished for me. <laughs> well, Randolph, I mean, how how high can you stay with the Bucks? I mean, I'm hearing that you're a big, big Bucks fan. Can you uh, let us know exactly what that means and why this year is going to be any different? Uh, well, I mean, being a Bucks fan from New York, is it's always a weird thing anyway. And I always thought everybody thinks it's weird, and I do too. But um, I'm, I mean, Brady came. I mean, that's already – as a New Yorker, I know that's, that's almost like sin to cheer for Brady. But as soon as Brady came over, I mean, I know it, as, a, as a Bucks fan, I knew it was time. That's all it is. It was time for – you can't argue with certain things. Like, tomorrow is going to be Thursday, and you can't argue with that. It just is what it is. I mean, they're returning their entire Super Bowl roster, maybe the first team in the history of Super Bowls to return their entire roster. Does this make them the prohibitive favor for next year? I mean, I think so. I mean, sure, you can still talk about the Chiefs, and, you know, maybe they got better, but and this goes with every Tom Brady-led team, every Tom Brady stat lately. It's always going to be a first. It's always going to be a first time. So, yeah, this is the first time a Super Bowl team returns all the starters. That can't be bad. I mean, that can't be bad. I mean, Not with that roster of talent, bro. Yeah, and they, I think they got deeper. I mean, um, not, you know, not as deep as maybe I wanted them to go with in the draft, but they got deeper. I mean, it's a rich team. And just to bring back everybody they got, it, 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 I, sure, like I said, you can say the Chiefs, but I'd be crazy to say that the Bucks are not the favorite. You think there's any holes on the team on the roster right now? You think they're they're that solid? Uh, I mean, you could always attack our as a Buck fan. I could you could always attack our DBs, um, our cornerbacks mainly. I, I like what uh. Antoine Winfield is doing, Antoine Winfield Jr. is doing with the, sa- with the safety position. That's kind of helping us. But sure, the corner, the corner spot maybe. And, um, uh, I mean, no. <laughs> I don't want to sound too cocky, but, I mean, no. Even the, <laughs> even the kicking game picked up. Like, I even forgot the kicker we drafted a few years ago. That disaster. Oh, God, Aguayo. Second, ra- second round kicker. Like, what the hell are you thinking? Right. Oh, man. Like, and, and I'm from the school of, like, liking Martin Gramatica. So I, but that dude was a disaster. And I even forgot about that already. So I can't, I can't say we have any hosts. Maybe take us deep, but whatever. We got Brady. So, Rand, with this draft, what what grade do you give the Bucks? And which pick did you say? Wow, that's that's a great pick. Can you uh, give me a little color on that? I wouldn't say I had my wow moment with the Bucks draft. I mean, it's hard too when your team like you know they won the Super Bowl with the last pick in every in every round. But I like the Ainsley pick, uh, Robert Ainsley. I liked him. Um, he's a Solidify. He played all positions on the O line in college, and you know you need a guy like that, a uh, four year starter. I see. Uh, so he was in the Senior Bowl. You need a guy like that, uh, an anchor type of guy that could go at any position. I like the try and pick, as well in the first round. But um, I'd have to say a grade wise, unbiased as possible, of course, probably like a B plus. 
Okay. <laughs> I, I'd say that's a pretty fair grade. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not irrational fan of the week. So that's definitely cool. Um, doing a deeper dive on the Kyle Trask pick from the second round. D and I love it. Mike didn't think they'd take a quarterback just so they wouldn't upset the apple cart. Uh, what do you think of the pick? And was it a stretch to take him that early in, as a two? Oh, well, there's, uh, see, with this one, somebody asked me about this when it first happened, and I didn't like it. That was like my knee-jerk reaction. But thinking on it more now, a few days later, you have to look at it like what would Aaron, what does Aaron Rodgers think when they get Jordan Love in the first round? And um, think back, thinking back to all those New England teams where Tom Brady was on, the MO there was always draft the quarterback, draft the quarterback just in case. And um, what hasn't gotten a lot of hype is that Tom Brady signed on for two more years. So he's there for a couple of more. And, you know, I could guarantee that a team is going to come knocking um, in a few years to offer at least a second-round pick for Kyle Trask because he's a big kid. I don't know, he's like 22 or something. So he's still kind of – yeah, he's not like 24, 25. He's 22 or something, 23. Big kid, put up numbers. I mean, he's going to learn from the GOAT. I mean, I'll, it, you could have used the pick for something. You could have used immediately, but, I mean, what do we need? <laughs> it's true. I what mean, led the need? FCS in touchdowns last year, so there's nothing to sneeze at. But, uh, yeah. I mean, what I'm hearing, like, I'm reading between the lines here. I'm listening to the words that are coming out of your mouth, and I'm hearing Jimmy G 2.0. Like, it's like, like the that. exact same scenario. Second yeah. round pick, yeah. I mean, I'm feeling, I'm feeling that vibe, too. I just – don't think that the Bucks needed to do that this year. No, not at all. But I mean, we just mentioned that the Robert Aguayo. So I mean, if you're a Bucks fan, <laughs> this is much better than that. That's the <laughs> that's true. That is true. Uh, transition to baseball. I mean, you totally could trade him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, or you know, Father Time finally catches up to Tom Brady. You know, like that. That's the that's the thing. So we got to see what he is. Don't you put that on me. We've been putting up, we've been putting that out there for years, man. And Tom Brady just laughs in our face. Yeah, so, he's a, it, he's ignorant with that. He's just gonna keep going. It's that <laughs> avocado ice cream. Like, <laughs> oh god! <laughs> transition to baseball. We know you're a huge Yankee fan, and this team had significant expectations put on them at the beginning of the year. Playoff aspirations, World Series aspirations, you name it. And they just kind of been hovering around 500. You know, they're starting to hit. Kluber finally pitched a good game. Tyone finally pitched a good game. So, as a Yankee fan, is this where they take off, or are you still concerned? You know, what, what do they say? You know, we, we were talking behind behind the scenes, behind closed doors, about Aaron Boone. Like, I don't know. Where do I start? But it, it's, it all starts and begins with Aaron, Aaron Boone. Um. This this team reminds me of one of those like L.A. Clipper, Doc River teams where like they're really good. Blake Griffin, they got Blake Griffin, they got Chris Paul. They're gonna make, they're gonna make it, and then they're just gonna disappear. It's one of those teams that um, I hate when the Yankees waste years more than anybody because I mean I've been a fan, I've been watching the Yankees since I could remember, since like the I would say that was Jeter's maybe the year before Jeter came on full time. And a wasted year is the worst, but it's Aaron Boone, man. Aaron Boone, I don't know what he – they need to get rid of him. 
they try too hard there to get a guy who relates to the players but doesn't know what the hell a winning champion uh, a winning team looks like. Sorry. Well, D, D and I have this theory <laughs> that Cashman really is, wants to run the team, but he's too gutless to put the uniform on. So Aaron Boone is definitely like his uh, his surrogate. So in order to fix the team, you think just keep the players, and it all falls on Aaron Boone. Yeah, I mean, um, like like uh, like putting Aaron Boone, uh, Aaron Boone, uh, Aaron Judge at, at, in the number two hole, and is, that's just like the beginning of it's something so small. But I think something so obvious that you don't do that. You don't put a guy who hit 49 home runs in a season in the two spot because that's just going to lead to him hitting 50 home runs for 70 RBIs on the year and striking out a bunch. You put him in, you know, in the meat and potatoes of the lineup. You put him in three to the five, forcing the C pitches because people are on base. And I don't, I don't see how you don't, how, how someone, how a major league manager doesn't see that. You don't put Gary Sanchez to hit number nine. He's not Joe Girardi with the bat. <laughs> and you don't put Mike – you don't Mike Stanton, well, um, Giancarlo. You don't put Giancarlo – you put him at like in, in the three, four, five. I grew up with watching Paul O'Neill, Tino Martinez, and Bernie Williams going. And those guys – Tino was probably the best at it to hit for power. But those were guys that could hit 20 to 40 home runs in a year at any time, but they could hit over 300. And, and that was that's a different team, but you, but uh, uh, like I said, I could go on a tangent. And the way he uses the pitching, oh my god, uh, I thought I hated Joe Girardi and his book. I thought I hated that. <laughs> I thought I hated the binder, but my god, Aaron, uh, I don't know what he followed, what Twitter dynamics he follows, but I hate it. Dude. Sorry, guys. No, Sorry, you're, guys. <laughs> you're you're good, man. You're good. As I went off on who... a tangent of Aaron Boone. So. We are not fans of Aaron Boone on this show, so it is a okay if you want to rant on Aaron Boone. You're in a safe space, man. We still owe him, man. We still owe him. I feel they feel like we owe him for that home run he hit, and then tearing his ACL, so we get a Rod. No, you I got saddled like... with a Rod. That debt is paid. That is, <laughs> he won us a ring. I mean, hey, you know that was a Joe Torre ring, by the way, too. But that's for another day, another conversation. It's not a Joe. That wasn't a Joe Girardi ring. Fair enough. Fair, fair enough. Sorry, sorry. You're opening some wounds. Talking nah, about the Yankees, you'll open wounds. You're good, man. You're good. Like I said, it's a safe space. But we will get you out of here on this one. So we won't. We don't dig deeper, and we don't open these wounds anymore. The Yankees are at home for the series. They're in the middle of it right now. A three-game set against those cheating fucking Astros in front of fans. Finally, last night they started it with the fuck Altuve chant. Do you expect more fireworks from the fans? Are we going to see anything from the players? Or is it just going to let the fans get it out of their system and then move on? Well, yeah, I hope we see something from the players. I mean, it uh, brings up that year that Aaron Judge lost the MVP. I mean, that's not funny. That's not funny that, you know, you got your teammates. If the teammates really care about stuff like that, which I believe they do, the, those things are still that still matter. I think uh, you'll see some fireworks. Maybe not. You know, you didn't. Thank God the fans, Cuomo, allowed some fans in. You know, <laughs> yeah. But, but um, I think that it's it's coming. It's definitely coming. Like, you can't just let things like that slide. Like that was a year that the Yankees. I thought no one expected the Yankees to be as good as they were, and then they ended up being so good that they could they could have won the ring. I mean, they had I think like twelve 
players who had 10 home runs. Or some, some are nine players with over 10 home runs. Some ridiculous number. So I expect something from the players. If not, I'm very disappointed. Don't let it be just the quarantine, the, the vaccinated fans that are that are bringing the heat. I hear you. I feel you on that. So uh, we think in Chapman or uh, I mean, he seems like the most logical candidate, but. I'm, you know, it got to be it got to be one of these starters, man. You know, Boom doesn't let Gary Cole go the go the he, he let him he'll let him pitch a shutout and then take him out after eight. So hopefully Gary Cole could beam somebody in the eighth inning when he has a shutout. Yeah, you know, I don't know about I, Garrett Cole, though, man, because he was on that Booth. team. Garrett Cole was on that team. I don't think he's going to – because if he seeks he retribution – He was traded midseason. <laughs> he was, yeah. but he was still on that team, though. It's like if you seek retribution, you know you're admitting right, that there though. was a thing. It's no, like we're guilty so, of something. Uh, you know what? You're right, though. I guess I was kind of kind of hoping that he would just like do his like his blood oath as a Yankee that mm-hmm. way. <laughs> like, I no, mean, Chapman we, would be the guy, though. Chapman would be the guy. We got to see where his loyalty lies at the end of the day. I mean, who's cashing his checks or who got him his ring? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Didn't he get Jeffrey? Wasn't he in, like, in the Yankee Stadium too as a kid? Come on, come on. He got to, he got to earn his stripes at some point. That's right. And speaking <laughs> speaking of earning stripes, you just earned your stripes, brother. You're a member of the in crowd officially. We want to thank you for coming on and. Hey. Thank you. That's the hell I'm talking about. Oh, for sure, dude. And hopefully we this is only the first of many. And uh, you know, we will see you down the line, brother. Definitely. I appreciate you guys for having me on. Uh hope look forward to doing this in the future. And yeah, thanks again, guys. Keep going, keep keep it going, brothers. I appreciate it, man. And remember, if you want to get in on the action, if you want to be on the in route. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs at faderoutepodcast. Or hit us up on Twitter, faderoutednz. You might just get on. Hey, fade route for life. <laughs> nice, man. I'm getting hungry over here. Should have cooked up some dinner. And if you're looking for a new cooking show to binge, check out As You Eat It on YouTube, hosted by me, Chef Z. I invite you into my home and show you what and how I cook when I'm off the clock as a chef instructor. You're going to learn fun recipes and creative methods to empower and inspire you in the kitchen and take it to the next level. Cook how you want to cook, eat how you want to eat, eat as you eat it. That's As You Eat It, available only on YouTube. AZ, you eat it. Check it out and let's get cooking. Bullshit or no shit? We're going to debunk this week's most controversial sports topics right now. All right, boys and girls, you know the rules. If we agree with the statement, it is no shit. If we disagree with the statement. It is bullshit. Bullshit or no shit. Number one, the NHL should have suspended Tom Wilson for the hit on Pavel Bushnevich. What do you think? No fucking shit. How Panarin is lucky to not have been hurt. And Bushnevich, I didn't like the hit. But the, se- the sequence of events, I watched it again. Panarin's 
so lucky that he didn't crack his skull open when he fell back onto the ice. And Tom Wilson should be suspended through the whole postseason. And depending on how I, – I was listening to the Washington Capitals coach talk about the Tom Wilson hit. He's just saying it's like a hockey play. No big deal. You should suspend him too for allowing this to happen. I mean, this is their first line. Make them pay. Send a message to the Capitals. Here's the problem with that. The NHL head of player safety is a former goon, George Paros. And there's not going to be any goon-on-goon violence. So whatever happened tonight with the Rangers and the Capitals in round two, that's it. I absolve Tom Wilson from all of his acts because Tom Wilson's an animal. And animals will do what animals do. He has shown, because he's been suspended five times, that he's a repeat offender. He's not going to listen. He doesn't respect his opponents. He doesn't respect the game of hockey. He doesn't respect the head of player safety. He doesn't respect the commissioner. So that's why this is no shit. And it's not even... It's just a, a series of prior acts that lead up to this moment. He not only body slammed Panarin on the ice to the point where you, you look like he, his head smacked off the edge could crack the skull open. He took his stick and held Bushnevich's neck down on the ice and then rabbit punches him while he's down, setting off the chain reaction. And then tonight, all of this goes down because the NHL is complicit and is gutless and won't suspend him for something that is a suspendable act. I don't want to hear from Peter Laviolette that, oh, it's just a hockey play. Rabbit punching a guy while he's on the ice is a hockey play? Really? Where the hell have I been? I'm sorry. I didn't get the memo. And then the Caps PR department, social media department, they're making a joke about it. Like, no, absolutely not. Like, players like that were phased out of the game. Right. They were, or at least I thought. But no, they're, they're just back with more skill, just enough skill to stay in the league, but still be goon pieces of shit. Yep. That's exactly well, Tom Wilson. And he's going to get rewarded with the playoffs. Like, I, I, that's, an, that's ridiculous. I mean, I can't understand that. He should Bullshit. be home, and Peter Laviolette should be home watching yeah. them lose the first round. Like, they're going – they might go out in the first round, but probably not. Probably not. No, Ovi will carry them as far as he wants to carry them. But, that, I mean, their goaltending is definitely not where they wanted it to be at the beginning of the year. Bullshit or no shit, number two. The Marvel Arena of Heroes on ESPN was a stupid idea. I'm going no shit on this one. I like my sports where there's a winner, there's a loser. You're focusing on the game. You're not focusing on the stupid crap that's going on through CGI and all of the special effects. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, you were okay with the Nickelodeon thing during the NFL playoffs. Yes. They were catering to children. 
but I understand that you're trying to grow the game with kids who may not have seen your product. This was on ESPN. This was on ESPN. People who watch basketball will watch basketball on ESPN. This was a shameless plug of the Marvel universe and ESPN, which is owned by Disney. It's all corporate synergy and no, get it off my TV. I want to watch sports. That's it. That's all. I don't know. I can't like, I'm with you. I know it doesn't belong there. So I found it dumb, but yet entertaining. Cause it kind of gave me like a little comic book vibe, like Frank Miller and uh, mixed with a little bit of NBA jam. So I started thinking about, you know, my favorite NBA jam teams, rocking uh, Muggsy Bogues and Larry Johnson, taking three, three pointers and dunks from all over the place. So <laughs> It made me happy for a short minute, but I was like, what is this crap doing on here? Yeah. I mean, when you really think about it, you mean it, it is very, I understand the concept of trying to, to lure new fans in with something new, something cool, but anytime it's like point systems and there's deduction of points and it's just like, if you got to do math during the game, like, no, no, absolutely not. And, you know, I'm not, I wasn't an NBA Jam player. Like, I didn't – I was an NBA Live guy growing okay. up. Okay. So All right. I preferred the realism of those kind of games to the NBA Jam. So that that was me. I, the Detroit Pistons were my team on NBA Live. Theo Ratliff, Grant Hill. Like, for some reason, I, I mean, I think it was the green uniforms with the Pistons. I think that's what it was. But – you know, I don't know. I, that, that was the team I chose when I would play NBA Live. But as far as the Marvel stuff goes, like, it was very transparent and it rubbed me the wrong way. Get used to it. It's Disney. D will be here defending it till he's blue in the face. He will defend Disney forever. But I don't know. I love this is the right. You should bring this question back to D because this is his world. And it's definitely more, it's definitely in his wheelhouse, but I mean, even PTI, I don't watch it on TV anymore. I, I listen to the podcast. Like I'll just, I, I have no interest in anything ESPN. If they're doing Sunday night baseball, I have the MLB app. I'm just going to listen to it on the radio. Like I want nothing to do with what they're selling me. Now, granted, I might not be their target market and I'm okay with that, but some of this stuff, ugh. It, it, how does it even get to the point where it's about to get signed off on? All right, guys, it's been another great episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I'd like to thank Chi-Town Mike for joining us again this evening. And it's always a pleasure having you on, brother. How'd you feel tonight? I really enjoyed it. I'm getting hit my groove of being a, a fill-in host. And I can't thank you both enough for letting me come on and talk and laugh and uh I miss D, but I know he's going to come back and kill it. So I will shuffle back to guest again and wait for you guys to give me the put me in. There you go. You're gonna get. You're gonna be on that Scranton shuttle. So when it, you know, <laughs> stay ready because you never know when I'm gonna go on vacation or D's going back on vacation or whatever. Uh, whatever the future holds for us. But we love having you on, Mike, and thank you so much for filling in. You did a great job, and we definitely will be. Well, we will be doing this again in the future. 
I appreciate it a lot, guys. Thanks. Oh, totally. Dean will be back next week, guys. Check us out every Wednesday on Spotify, Anchor, Odyssey, and every major podcast platform. Until next time, stay faded, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.